0: could have a theme song for our series it'd be that right there this would be our theme song you stood before my failure and you carried the cross for my shame my sin weighed upon your shoulders and my soul now to stand you guys remember how deeply and dearly and sincerely we are loved by god That he would just graciously pour mercy on us and love on us and forgive us because he wants us so badly. The one who created us, who knows the plan he has for you, who came, Jesus said, to give you life so that it would be to the full. And then he does everything necessary to be able to do that. And so, what do we do in response? We offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. I'll stand my soul. Lord, to you surrendered, all I am is yours. All I am, every bit of me is yours. Why, why? Because all he is, he gave to me. So here's our series. We're calling it Be Reasonable. Be reasonable. If you were here last week, my daughter's like, I have no idea what that means. So come back next week. So thanks for coming, even though we have no idea what it means. Here's where it comes from. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of him doing for you what you could not do for yourself, in view of him coming, instead of you trying to be good enough and righteous enough that God would someday hopefully accept you, in view of him coming and taking care of all of that, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable service. And most of our versions of the Bible say it's your, it's your reasonable spiritual worship but that word, if you if we actually talked about this a few weeks ago. That word reasonable, it means it's the logical. It's the only logical response. <laughs> when somebody loves you that much and they actually saved your life, the only logical thing to do is to give him back your life. And so that's why to be in awe of what he'd done, to offer your heart completely, to put your arms up high and your heart abandoned, and to stand with your soul, surrendered to Jesus. So that's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Right after that, he says, a reasonable service, a logical thing to do, is therefore is to realize that God has now given you, every single one of you who've received Christ, a spiritual gift. So your reasonable act of service is to take the gift that he's given you at this and use it, a, again, use it for the benefit of the body. So we did a whole series on that, just finished it last week, that we should be offering these gifts back to God. But then, in verse 9, Paul starts to make a list. Because I don't know about you, but if you heard the word, offer your body as a living sacrifice. How many of you are going, "Uh, how do you do that? What does that actually mean? So in verse 9, Paul gets super practical. And he just says, well, let me tell you. Here's how you actually respond to God reasonably with all of your being as a living sacrifice, all right? And here's verse nine. It says, in view of God's mercy, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, and cling to what is good. And that's where we're going tonight. Our reasonable thing to do, our logical response to God, is to hate what is evil and to cling To what is good. Now, I just gotta tell you, uh, we started a thing a few months ago back where we're actually giving our messages on Wednesdays to our team um, so that they can give us feedback and stuff so that they're hopefully better than what they used to be, all right? Instead of getting the critique afterwards. So I gave my message on Wednesday and it was all about hating what is evil and clinging to what is good. And I got done and across the board, every one of them said, hey Dave. I think those are two messages, and you need to just give one of them. And we talk a lot here about what it means to devote yourself to doing what's good. But what we realize is we actually don't talk a lot about what it means to actually hate what is evil. So y'all excited? (laughs) So we're gonna talk about what it means to hate what is evil, why? Because apparently that's our logical response. This is what we should do if Jesus came and took away everything that's evil. So let's start right here. Well, what is evil? Okay, what does that mean? It's very interesting. The root word actually comes from the word that means to labor. But it means labor in a toilsome way. It's hard labor, it's suffering labor, it's painful, it's annoying. (laughs) As any chore is for any child. That's ever been on the planet. But it's an active form. In other words, when it says hate what is evil, it's the, the actual word too, it means the malignant, right? For those of us who've had loved ones like my mom who died from cancer, when you find out that cancer is malignant, you know what? You hate it, don't you? You hate it. Why? Because it's destructive. At its core, you guys, why do we hate evil? And what does it actually have to do with love? Why would he say, love is sincere, hate what is evil? Here's why. If I could give you a definition for evil, it's this. It's what is destructive to others, to yourself, and to the glory of God. If something is evil, it's destructive to others, it's destructive to yourself. And it's destructive to the glory of God. And you know what? This is what's so great, you guys. He loves you. God loves you so much. And if there's anything in our life that's actually inhibiting you from experiencing the fullness of life, if you are filled with anxiety, if you are filled with fear, if you have addictions, if you have whatever it is that's actually destroying your life, if you have behavior patterns in your relationships... That if you continue to do them, and that's what else happens, right? Our relationships get destructive. But also, what do we have? We also, if you're doing something that's evil, it's hurting other people. And man, I hate that. We all do. None of us want to actually hurt other people. So God just says, you guys, let's hate what is evil because anything that's evil is destructive to you, it's destructive to others, and it's destructive to the glory of God. Now, I'm gonna give my wife some credit because this is super important. Do you notice what the verse said? Hate what is evil. It did not say hate who is evil. And this is a big deal because guess who was evil? Every single one of us. Every person. Can you imagine if God was up there and saying, hey, you need to hate who is evil because I do. Well, no one would be loved. God love the world. And so what I'm talking about today, I am not giving any of us ever the platform. Ever. Jesus never gives you the platform. We are filled with Christ and He loves the world. So what we're not hating anything that who anyone who's practicing evil, but we do, we hate it. And in view of Christ's mercy, that's why we're supposed to hate it. So let me give you an example of what it means to hate. Um, when I was, uh, when I got hired on at our church back in Detroit, I was 25 years old, good old single young guy, uh, like, like Bryson right here. How old are you, dude? 25. 25. There we go. That was me. Except Bryson's getting married, y'all, next weekend. <laughs> two weekends. Bring it. Super excited for him. Be praying for these last two weeks of singlehood. So I was single and, uh, one of the pastors invited me over to their home. And I walked in, and I was sitting there, and his wife immediately walked in, and she said, hey, we just had steak sandwiches for lunch. Would you like one? I'm like, sweet, bring it. So she comes in, she gives me the steak sandwich. I take a big bite, and I'm like. <clears throat> and I could not eat it. It was almost all fat. Almost all, did anybody else groan? Did I hear that? Okay. I, seriously, I'm, so I'm over there going, oh my God, what do I do? You ever been in that horrible situation? and she could see me and she's like she goes i am so sorry she goes do you not like the fat i'm like Mm-mm. <laughs> she's like i'm so sorry she goes that's our favorite part i thought <laughs> she thought she was giving me the best part i'm telling you right now there is no way in god's green earth that fat was going down this mouth there it wasn't happening does anybody else with me on this okay about half a, i can't do it i have been in top end restaurants and taking a bite of something, and all of a sudden it's filled with grizzle and fat, and I'm like, I can't eat it, I hate it. Do you know how embarrassing that is? Gotta take that nice cloth napkin and try to pretend you're just wiping your mouth, <laughs> and then you gotta hold it down underneath the table so nobody can see it, because I'm just, I'm not eating it! I hate it, I abhor it, I'm having nothing to do with it. Just so you guys know, that's what that word means. In the scripture, it says you and I are supposed to hate evil the way I hate fat and grizzle to the point where we say there is no way that is getting in here and I will do anything I gotta do to get that out of my mouth, out of me because I'm not bringing it in there. Now, I have written in my notes, I think there are things in our lives, and the truth is, you guys, I know there are. I know that there are, if you're human, I know there are things in your life, in my life, that are destroying us, or they're destroying others, or they're destroying our marriages. Or they're destroying our relationships with our kids. And what's really weird is we, we don't hate them. Somehow we, we keep doing them. And they end up being a part of our life. And so we're not aware. Here's, here's what hit me as I'm studying this, this weekend and to present this to you today. I don't think we're actually aware of how horrific sin actually is and why God hates it so much that he would send his son to die that death on that cross to take it away from us that's what the scripture says Jesus came to take away our sin God hates it you know why? because he loves you so much so can I just ask you do you hate your sin? I'm gonna to be totally honest with you. I realized this week, I'm like, dad gun it. I don't like it. I really don't want to do it. But I don't know if I treat it like grizzle in my mouth. Sometimes I actually chew it and bring it right in. You know why? Because I think the better example of sin is not fat and grizzle. The better example of sin is Susie and I were invited over to a friend's house this week for dinner, and he makes the absolute best homemade baked bread. It smells great. It looks great. It tastes great. You know what's in fresh, homemade, baked bread? Gluten. And I can have as much of it as I want, but she can't. Susie's not supposed to eat gluten. When Susie eats gluten, she experiences pain. (laughs) It is damaging to her body. But you know what she did when they offered her the bread? She's like, I don't care. She just said, slice it up, and she put the butter on it, and she's just having it, because she's like, I'll experience the pain, it's worth it. And if we're really honest, you guys, sin actually tastes good, doesn't it? Come on, man. If it tastes like grizzly, you wouldn't be tempted by it. The problem with sin is it does feel good. It does satisfy your flesh. It is pleasurable, Sometimes sin makes you feel better about yourself, and we need to feel better about ourselves. And so we go for it. But gluten to someone who's gluten free, who needs to be gluten free, if you need to be sin free, which Jesus made you to be sin free, it provides pain. That's the picture right there. And I think this is why Paul said, Why do I do the thing I don't want to (laughs) do? And why don't I do the thing? That I want to do why do I sin why do I not hate evil enough so that I'm not allowing it to destroy my life to hurt others and to destroy my relationships and that's what we want to look at today so how do we do this because this is a very short verse right it'd be so easy to go love is sincere hate what is evil all right let's go do it but apparently it's not that easy so I'm gonna take you, I was like, what passage of scripture can I walk everybody through here? And I'm gonna take you through um, Ephesians chapter five. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter five, and we're gonna start with verse five. And it just, it, it just gives a good kind of flow here of how you actually hate evil and cling to what is good. Now, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm reading Romans just for myself, just my own time with God. If I could... <laughs> The best thing, if you actually want to know how to hate what is evil and cling to, what, no, to, 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 to cling to what is good, read Romans chapters 5 through 8. Man, it will tell you the game plan for this. So I'm going to actually pull some of those scriptures into this as well. All right. So um, can I pray for us? I, I know I'm, I'm into this message, but when we got done here on Wednesday, man, there was just a heaviness that came over us. And it wasn't a bad heaviness. It was like a holy heaviness. Because we just realized, man, very few people, very few children of God are living the life that he has for them. And one of the biggest reasons, you guys, is because we don't hate our sin. And so let's ask, can we just pray, and let's ask God to really speak to our hearts today and set us free. That's what Jesus came to do. Set you free, man so you can live the life you had, all right? So Father, in Jesus' name, I know you're here, and I know you love every person in this room. And God, I know there's a lot of people in here like me who kind of already know we're supposed to, but we need help as your children to know how to. Would you please, today, by the power of your Spirit, help us to be able to actually hate sin, and God, I, I'm, I'm hoping that there's some people, too, that are here today, and the truth, if, they're really, they're if they were really honest, they'd go, man, I don't know if I do hate it, I don't. I, and God, I just pray that you'd help every one of us today to see this amazing love you have for us and help us to have some victory in Jesus' name. All right, amen. All right, so here's what, here's what we're gonna talk about, since it's, love is sincere. Here's my phrase for our message today. You gotta love to hate it. <laughs> You you actually gotta love to hate it. So here's the first one. I hate evil because God loves me. I hate evil because God loves me. Ephesians 5, 5 through 7 says this. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, don't be partners with them. Now, you're going, I thought you were going to talk about love. (laughs) But here's the key. When this scripture says, you guys, we need to understand something. Let no one deceive you with empty words. What does that mean? Here are some empty words. You can go ahead and you can just sin and you can do things that are completely against God and you're gonna be good with God. And he's like, no, that's, that's not how it works. I always say it like this. It's like, you guys, everybody wants to go to heaven, right? Anybody in here wanna to go to heaven? You know why we wanna to go to heaven? Because it's not gonna be like this. And so if people deliberately continue just to live, if you, just, if you continually to live in a way that's impure, that's, that's greedy, that's anything of this. That, that, that's of the sinful nature. We like to hear in the prophets, and the Bible said, man, prophets, people love prophets who say, hey, you're going to be okay, don't worry about it. That's an empty word. That is a word with no substance, and you can't, and, and Paul's like, don't bank on that, you guys. Because God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. So let me ask you, how many of you are disobedient? <laughs> Come on. Okay, so that's all of us. <laughs> so every, every single human being is disobedient. And this is why I hate evil, because God loves me. Because look at this verse, Romans chapter 5. And I think I actually started with verse 9 on this one. Is that right? Yeah, I did. I, I, I blew it. Listen to verse 8 right before this, says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while we were disobedient, (laughs) while we were doing things that God didn't want us to do. God did not get up there and go, I'm so sick of you. He doesn't hate those who do evil. He loves those who do evil. He loves the disobedient. He, because he loves everyone who he's created and that's every person. And so he showed us his love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And now verse nine, and since we have now been justified by his blood, which simply means completely forgiven and made right, just what we shared in communion by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him, through Christ. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Yes, guys, this is the greatest news in all the world. You know why I hate evil? Because God hates it so much that he would love me. He loved me. And the wrath of God towards sin got totally put on Jesus Christ on the cross, so I'm never gonna taste it ever, ever. And if you've put your faith in Christ, you never are either. And man, I tell you, when that happens, all of a sudden you realize that he would love me that much, that it's not based on me doing right things or me and my performance or me doing enough for God at all, but it's God saying, I love you. And I'm going to take care of this wrath issue because I have to punish sin. I'm a just God, I just am. And I'm telling you, if any of you, if you, any of you ever have to go to court, don't you want to judge who's just? <laughs> you want a just God. And so he put the justice, we've been justified by Jesus Christ. And so one of the greatest motivations, you guys, especially as I've been sitting with Romans, it's like if you're struggling with to hate sin, one of the best things you can do, it's why we get together every week, it's why you read the scriptures every morning, it's why you hang out in Life Together groups, because you remember, again, I don't want a life that was destructive, look what it did to Jesus. I wanna be free. I wanna love God because he loved me, all right? So that's the first thing, you gotta love to hate it, but you're never gonna love to hate it until you know how much God has loved you and what he has done for you. He has forgiven you, every one of us, man. This, this is the best news in all the world, all right? Here's the second reason you gotta love to hate it. I hate evil because I'm a dearly loved child of God. That's who I am. Ephesians 5, eight says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of of light. You guys see what this says? It doesn't say for once you did bad things, but now you do good things. He actually says once you were darkness, it was just part of your nature. Another way the Bible calls it, you were a slave to sin. You just couldn't help it. You You just did stuff that you didn't even want to do, and you just couldn't help it. You were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. You guys, this is an identity issue. Who are you? Who am I? God says when you become born, again, that's the, the Christian word, when the spirit of God comes inside of you, you become born of his spirit. His spirit gets inside of you, and he says you are a new creation. You are no longer a slave anymore. You do not have to do what evil tempts you to do anymore. It's one of the greatest news. That's also awesome. Why not? Because now I'm a child of God. I now have the spirit of God inside. It's the spirit of Christ, you guys. It's the same spirit that was in Jesus Christ that empowered him to actually say yes to God. All of his life, not one time, ever failing, never sinning. And that spirit gets inside of you. Listen to this, Romans eight fifteen, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and core heirs with Christ. You guys, one of the best ways that you can tell, here's what the scripture says. You know how you can tell that you're actually a child of God? I always tell people all this time, the weirdest thing was, as soon as I received Christ, I just didn't want to do the things I used to do. Where'd that come from? That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. You become a child, and the God, and the Spirit inside of you, cries out, causes you to cry out, Dad, he's no longer this enemy, he's no longer far away, he's close to you, he changes you. And when that happens... You now have a power inside of you you didn't have before. And this power of the Holy Spirit actually helps you to cling to what is good and to hate what is evil. You gotta love to hate it. All right, here's a third thing. I hate evil because I love God. Now, if I ask you, you know, most of you in this room, I think, if I ask you, hey, how many of you love God? Mm -hmm. You would all say yes. Okay, well, listen. Ephesians 5.8. You are light. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. You guys, I'm telling you right now. The power to hate evil is love. Listen to this quote. Tim Keller, one of my favorites, he just says this. Love in the Bible is never merely theoretical and intellectual. It is not merely sentimental and emotional, nor merely duty and will-based. Love is setting the heart on God so that in all you do, you determine to please him. You know what's so cool? I married Susie because I loved her. And you know what I want to do? Think, just think, come on, man. You go ahead and think about who, who is it that you love more than anyone else in the world? Who do you love? Man, I don't wake up in the morning and go, okay, it's my duty to love Susie. You know? Now, sometimes I'm a jerk and I have to will it, but that's me. Man, when you love somebody, you want to please them. And we love because he first loved us. You know, I was gonna, I didn't do it, but I, I was thinking I just wanted to put the picture of Jesus on the cross up here. How, how many of you actually saw the passion? Do you guys remember seeing the passion? Man, that view of Jesus on the cross, that's how much he loved you. And I, just, I, just, I just wanna tell you, I think it'd be really hard if we would keep that focus. That's why I think we take communion so we remember this. If we would remember how much he loved us, I think it'd be really hard to go, all right, if I have to. If that's what you want to make me do. See, duty would go out once you know how much he loves you. Okay, another question for you. How many of you are actually watching The Chosen? Okay, go ahead and raise your hand. How many of you guys are watching The Chosen? All right, almost, yeah, almost everybody. I'm just gonna tell you, I know most Christian stuff, theater has been bad. Watch this. Every person I know who's watching The Chosen is falling in love with Jesus. I'm gonna be, this may sound weird to you, but sometimes when I really need to connect with God and I just, okay, this sounds weird, but I'm gonna say, but it's true, it's what I do. Sometimes I actually picture the Jesus and chosen. You know why? Because I'm like, if he loves me like that, I know he's going to take care of me. How many of you love Jesus when you're watching the chosen? You just love him. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if they're going to make it to seven seasons, but if they make it to that last season and this Jesus gets crucified on the cross, people are going to be Because you feel loved. You feel loved. And the only way we can actually hate sin, you guys, is when we realize how much he loves us. Man, he loves us. So how do we please him? We've got to love him. Okay. I'm going to be super disciplined and not go into a whole other section that I want to. All right, let's go to the next one. You gotta love to hate it. And here it is. I hate evil because I love life. I hate evil, you guys, because I love life. Ephesians 5.11 says this. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. And this is where, where the challenge comes in. Because the truth is, if we're honest, you guys, we, we, do, we totally dabble with it. We, we like to play around. We think it's okay. And so, so we, we mess with it. And I just want to tell you, this scripture have nothing to do, because if you, if you get involved in evil, if you get involved in things that aren't of God, then it's fruitless. There's no love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness. You're not building God's kingdom on earth, and you're not producing the good things that God wants to do out of your life. And I remember when I was talking with our team on Wednesday, I think it was Jason, he just said, man, everybody knows this. Every person is, knows this. You know, man, when you're struggling with something in your life that's not good and you can't get over it, you know you're not being everything that you want to be and that God created you to be. It's fruitless. So I have nothing to do I hate evil because I love life. I, who wants to live a fruitless life? <laughs> Nobody. Romans 6.13 says this. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. Oh, I just want to tell you, man, when I was reading this on my own and I got to this section, I'm like, wait, wait, and this is where I'm. when I said earlier, I don't think we realize what we're doing when we sin. Did you guys know that when temptation comes and you do the thing that's evil, you do the thing that's against God, you are actually offering yourself to be an instrument of wickedness. I-, I can tell you this. I don't even, I-, I can't imagine anybody in here who was going, yeah. <laughs> no. That just made me crumble. I'm like, God, I never, I never want to be used as an instrument of wickedness. But man, is tending. Greed? Come on, man. It's the American dream covet we need more gotta have more and we think that's just normal because that's the air we breathe and then the scripture like john's up here talking about tithe he's like man greed is one of the most hideous sins actually to god when you look in scripture you know why because it just shows i'm actually about me and that's the antithesis of the kingdom of god but we don't hate that. we don't hate that that's normal i'm an american (laughs) We offer ourselves as an instrument of wickedness with that. Judgmentalism, favoritism. When we look at other people and we don't want to have anything to do with them because they're a different economic status than we are, because they're a different race than we are, because they're just different than we are. See, God's like, oh, like man. I died to make a new community of people who love each other. But we just think it's normal just to despise people or reject people or not hang out with people or don't talk to people who aren't like me. And God's like, no, 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 no. That's causing division. We should hate racism, right? We should hate injustice. We should hate anything that's divisive. <laughs> and yet many times we're actually right involved in it. We offer ourselves as instruments of wickedness. And we think, well, man, I'm just, I'm human. <laughs> How many of you guys have read uh, 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 screw Tape Letters? By, by Yeah, Screwtape Letters. Man, I read a chapter in there this last week fascinating if you guys don't know what screw tape letters is it's a demon who's training his younger nephew how to be a good demon and he says hey if you want to make sure to win don't tempt him so bad that they do things that are really wrong because then they'll actually might feel the conviction and stop and turn so just get him to the point where they say things like this yeah i'm kind of struggling (laughs) come on i'm like oh that hurt how many of you, somebody said, man, so how are you really doing in your faith, you know, how are you doing with your walk? Um, you know, I'm, just, I'm struggling. What, what are you really doing? I'm sinning, and I'm not doing anything about it. See, we don't hate it, but Man. Don't offer any part of yourself as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. How cool is that? Cling to what is good, you guys. We have a chance to live. I hate evil because I love life. Anybody else love life? That's what you, and if you're a Christian, you know, man, that love and joy and freedom and peace and strength and patience and goodness and wisdom and impact and great relationships, that's the fruit. And if you offer yourself to God, notice that every part of yourself to him, you become an instrument of righteousness. You bring life everywhere you go. And instead of being destroyed inside, you're you're being built up inside. Instead of hurting other people, you're blessing people. Instead of your relationship getting tough and falling apart, you're the glue man that's bringing it together. You're an instrument of righteousness. And then Romans 8 12 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Wow. I remember when I read that an obligation, not a suggestion. Not a suggestion, not a, hey, if you feel like it. No, we have an actual, we actually have an obligation. Listen to this. But it is not to the flesh to living according to it. Because if you live according to the flesh, you die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You know, um, I, I know I've had it. <sighs> right? I mean, I love him. I follow him. I know I'm a child of his. But man, I've had seasons in my life where sin was overpowering me. And do you know what happens when sin overpowers you? You do, because you're like me, I think. You're like, it's like you, you're dying inside. I know that all of my sin is in Christ. And that, that offering of the sin offering to take away my sin so that I'm justified and forgiven, that is done. I know I have eternal life. But I do know there's way too many followers of Jesus who are living like dead people. And there's not life flowing out of you. And you're not free and you don't have peace, and there's not joy, and you've been struggling. And the scriptures are just clear. By the Spirit, you can put to death the misdeeds of the body, and if you do, you'll live. You know what's interesting? When it says you can put to death the misdeeds of the body, that is a violent term actually. It, it, it is intense. It, is a, it actually means to murder. It means to kill. You put to death. You kill it. And it's a final thing. That word is intense. Some of you today, man, we knew it when we were praying for you on Wednesday, God wants to set you free. And he's done everything that needs to happen. And you just now need to remember by the Spirit, I can put to death the misdeeds of the body. Can I just, can I encourage you with something else? The whole book of, in, in Romans chapter 7, that's the, the whole chapter where Paul's going, I can't, why do I do the thing I don't want to do, and why don't I do the thing I want to do? Did you know that 40 times in that chapter, the word is I, is used? I, 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 <laughs> He goes, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Who will rescue me, right? <laughs> Who's going to help me change and be any different? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. And then you open it and you flip it over to Romans chapter 8, and it says, For there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I can tell you right now, if you know you're a follower of Jesus and you've been struggling with sin, and you're empty, and your heart has been empty, and you're losing, and your relationships are actually falling apart instead of coming together, I know right now you hate that. And when you hate that, you feel shame. And when you feel shame, you hide, and then you don't want anybody to know, and it just gets darker. And so the first thing he says is, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Amen? Amen? That's why we took communion. And some of you need to come in here today and go, man, I've been feeling the shame. I've been beaten up. I'm feeling accused. You're a loser. How could God love you? Man, I, I, I. It's just beating you up. And so by the Spirit of God inside of you, who calls up now today and says, no, man, you're a child of God. You are born again. You are free He's forgiven you of everything. That's by the Spirit. You know, in in, in chapter 7 of Romans, the Holy Spirit isn't mentioned one time. It's I, 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 I can't do it, I can't do it. Why am I so? Chapter 8, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. It's all about the Spirit. So by the Spirit, put to death the misdeeds of the body. So let me help you. How are you going to do that today? Well, number one, the only reason we ever feel really bad about our sin is because of the Holy Spirit. Please don't raise your hand. <laughs> but how many of you have been being convicted by the Holy Spirit? And he's been telling you for a while now, what you're doing is not of God. And it's not okay to dabble with it. In this scripture, you found out, wow, it's actually evil, evil. And I've been offering myself as an instrument of wickedness. And the first thing you do by the Spirit, because He's the one who's been convicting you, is you confess your sin today. The first thing you do is you agree with God today. This behavior is not holy. This is not offering myself as a living sacrifice to you, holy and pleasing to you, God. I have been living in sin. And you know it. And by the Spirit today, you confess that sin. You know what that word means? You agree with God. I agree with you, God. By the Spirit, I know. I have offered myself as an instrument of wickedness. And then if the Spirit, if you confess your sins to God, what's He going to do? He's going to forgive you. 1 John one nine. Confess your sins to God, and he will be faithful and just to forgive you. And so there it is right there. He goes, by the Spirit. See, so what you do is you set your mind on what Christ has done for you. This, This is how you win. This is how you win. You have to set your mind. You have to go, I confess my sins to God. God completely forgave me in Jesus Christ. And you receive the forgiveness again today. I can't even tell you how many times I've had to do this in my relationship as a follower of Christ. I always tell people, you got to memorize 1 John 1, 9, because you're going to have to use it a lot. Confess your sins to him, and he will be faithful to forgive you. And so Romans 8, 5 says, So for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the Spirit is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life. Okay, i I got to stop. Band, come on up. In this moment, you guys, by the Spirit, if he's been convicting you of sin, confess your sin today, and then set your mind on the things of the Spirit. And here's what the Spirit's gonna tell you. You are not condemned, you are forgiven. You are not condemned, you are forgiven. And then, how do we do this over and over again? You guys, this is the biggest lesson God is teaching me right now. By the Spirit, when the temptation comes and when the struggle comes, instead of trying, he says, turn to me. Just turn to me. Run to me. And I will give you the strength. I will give you the grace. I will give you the power. You don't have the power. The Holy Spirit does. And he will give it to you. You gotta love to hate sin. (laughs) So remember, hate it because he loves you. Hate it because you're a dearly loved child of God. Hate it because you love him. And hate it because you love life. And this song right here says, run to the Father, you guys. Run to the Father. Right? Because you remember that story when the prodigal son said, I'm just going to go sin. I'm just going to live in it. I'm just going to do whatever God wants me. I don't care what my dad wants me to do. And then when he fell apart, He came back to his dad, and he expected to be just a slave. And the dad ran to him and forgave him and brought him home. In this moment right here, if the Holy Spirit's been convicting you, then pray and confess it to him. Receive his forgiveness, and then receive the power of the grace of God, the Father, running to you. And by the way, if you need anyone to pray with you, I, I'd love to do that. Susie would love to do that. I see Derek sitting over here. Come over here, and he'd love to pray for you. If I just need, sometimes you've got to confess your sins to one another to be healed, okay? So if you need that and you want to be free tonight, man, we'd love to pray for you, all right? God bless you. Let's stand, and let's worship.